Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Welcome to another edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jer McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts, at JerMcCarthy74. This week, we have a very special interview with Olympics-bound Douglas Gymnastics Club members, Emma Hamill and Meg Ryan. The Cork Camogie Miners claimed a Munster Championship earlier this week, and I spoke to manager Jerry Wallace about that success and what lies in store for Cork ahead of the upcoming All-Ireland Minor Camogie Championship. Donny Daly's Cork's Under-16 Camogie panel are preparing for their All-Ireland Under-16 final with Kilkenny this weekend. I spoke to the Cork manager about his side's preparations and what it means to reach another All-Ireland decider. I got reaction to the Cork Senior Lady Footballers All-Ireland victory over Meath in Burr last weekend too. We've interviews with four Cork players plus reaction from both the Cork and Meath managers and a preview of this weekend's All-Ireland clash with Tipperary. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Two Douglas Gym Club members are heading to this year's Tokyo Olympic Games. Coach Emma Hamill will help guide supremely talented gymnast Meg Ryan in the women's all-around event at this summer's Games. Ryan will compete in the vault, uneven bars, balance beam and floor exercises and cannot wait to get going in what is the opportunity of a lifetime for the young gymnast. Okay, it's a real thrill uh, to have on this week's Women in Sport podcast two people heading over to the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games very shortly both members of Douglas Gym Club. One is the coach, Emma Hamill, and our first guest of the evening is the person that's going to be competing in the Women's All-Round event on the 25th of July, and that is Douglas's Meg Ryan. Meg, you and Emma are very welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. It's great to be honest. Thanks. I know and I understand how busy and crazy the schedule is right now, but Meg, can I ask you, what does it feel like when somebody says, you are heading to the Olympic Games. Has it sunk in yet? And how much are you looking forward to it? Yeah, oh my God, it feels amazing. Um, I don't think it's fully sunk in yet. I might sink in a bit more when, when I'm out there, but um, it's great to be selected and I'm just so happy to get the confirmation. So I just can't wait to get out there now, I suppose. Um, you will be competing in the all women's all-around event. Can you explain exactly what that is? Yeah, so yeah, I'll be doing the all-around, which is, the vault, bars, beam and floor um, and I'll be doing one routine on each piece and then the score from each piece will be added together and that will make your all-round score. Um, that sounds about as complicated as I want to even think about at the moment. Yeah, most people have one discipline. Does this mean, Meg, that you've got an awful lot of practice to do on those various um, elements that make up that event before you get there? Yeah, definitely. Like, it was definitely be a time-consuming sport because I suppose, you know, with four different pieces of apparatus, it's almost like you're doing four different sports. So um, I would train a, a, a lot of hours. Like, I would train five days a week and usually between, like, five and six hours um, most days. So it's five or six hours most days. What age were you when you started out uh, with gymnastics? Um, I was about five when I when I first started. Oh, my God. What were you doing at five, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I don't even remember. Like, I remember <laughs> being at home and doing, like, gymnastics, you know, just handstands and cartwheels and stuff at home. Um, and I suppose I was probably just put into it then just from that. And I know my sister was kind of doing it already. So um, I kind of just joined in and she kind of stopped, stopped soon after that. But I, I kind of just stuck with it, really. 
It's obviously something, uh, it's a huge part of your life and has been for so long. Uh, it's starting at the age of five. You obviously enjoy it, but could you, you could never have envisaged heading to an Olympic Games. I mean, you've competed at other pretty important events, but this must be the biggest and the most special. Yeah, definitely. This is, you know, a huge achievement for me. And it's, I suppose it's the biggest competition for gymnastics and for many other sports as well. So um, it's a huge honour to be going to it. But I, I wouldn't have really, you know, thought about it much when I was first starting out. Like, it was never my my dream when I when I went into gymnastics at five. You know, I just kind of enjoyed the sport and wanted to, like, have fun. And I, I was always kind of enjoying myself. And I just, I suppose I got better and better. And then, you know, that kind of became the dream after a while. How important and happy are you to have your coach and somebody also from Douglas coming with you? Yeah, it's, it's really great. I think, like, you know, many other competitions in the past, like, I would have um, trained here in Douglas, like, the whole time and done all my preparations for the competitions. And then for the international, like, when I went abroad, you know, I might have had a different coach and stuff. So it's, it's really nice to have, you know, my own coach that I do all my preparations with kind of coming and, you know, I suppose for Emma to be acknowledged her like her part in, in my journey as well is, is really nice excellent stuff emma from your point of view you're obviously incredibly proud of meg's achievement in getting this far and you'll want her to keep that going when you do get to tokyo but from your own point of view this is a terrific achievement as well as a coach to be heading on the plane to an olympic games you must be over the moon yeah yeah we're, we're over the moon i'm over the moon for her because she's just probably the hardest worker that anybody will see any of the coaches that have taken her away before you know like they've all commented on her worst ethic and everything that she puts into it and her concentration and everything like she takes on board everything that you say all the time so for her um to finally you know like get recognized for her all her hard work is amazing and then um for me to be going to is just um kind of the icing on top um, it's a huge amount of time and effort for an athlete, even as young as Meg. But from a coaching point of view, it's equally so, if not more so. You've got to do all the preparations, I imagine. Um, what? How? I mean, you have an awful lot of planning to do, I would imagine, in the lead up to such a big event. How has that gone? And, and what what kind of hours do you have to clock up to make sure that Meg is in top condition? Um, yes, yeah, so there's quite a lot of planning, and um, we do get 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 a little bit of help from the institute as well. So she has like. Um, She's in contact with like physios and sports psychologists and stuff like that. So they and nutritionists and stuff. So they they do a lot of that side of things, and then I do the in inside the the time inside the gym and stuff like that. Um, this year was a little bit harder because she was also in leaving third year, so she did have to juggle the two of them while she was waiting for the call up. So this year was probably the most challenging, but it's definitely paid off. She's quite good at like separating the two of them and just focusing on gym when she's in gym and school when she's in school. Um, so yeah, this, this this year was a bit of a challenge, but it, 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 we got there. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the challenge. What about COVID and the fact that there were so many restrictions? Was that extra difficult for you in terms of working one-on-one with her? Um, yeah, so like, uh, I don't know, most people haven't, haven't been in Douglas before, but the gym is quite big and it's quite a busy gym and everybody trains with everybody and you know like it's it's quite nice to have everybody around whereas uh, for covid our gym was closed for pretty much every single lockdown so um meg had an exemption being an elite athlete or whatever so she could train but um it's just quite different training by yourself and well like obviously i was there but it was just the two of us all the time so you know like it's just nice to you know like if you're not if you're having a bad day to have somebody else there next to you that you know like to not talk about gymnastics to talk about I don't know what's happening on Love Island or what's happening in your normal life, you know, as opposed to 
as opposed to just be with your coach all the time and, and talk about gymnastics and stuff. So that was probably a bit like something that we hadn't expected to try to work through. Um, but it was fine in the end. We we got there. Um, can I just briefly ask, you mentioned the Sports Ireland Institute, but both they and Sports Ireland have been hugely influential in Meg's career. How helpful have they been and how important are they to the gymnastics, or to the future of gymnastics in Ireland? Yeah, so the Institute um, they work with the gymnasts when they get to like a senior standard. So in, in women's gymnastics, senior is um, at the age of 16. Um, so when they're over the age of 16, they, they kind of come in, whereas Gymnastics Ireland work with them throughout the whole way. So Gymnastics Ireland have created these pathways like through national squads and different national competitions to try to build these um, these gymnasts up to, to be able to compete internationally. So both gymnasts that are going Meg and... Reese, who's going on the men's side, have both come through the, the gymnastics starting pathways this time um, to get there. And it's the first time that that's actually happened, that both gymnasts have, have come all the way up through them. So so it's, it's definitely improving. You can see, like, the national competition before, there was, like, 40 people competing maybe in the whole, in the whole of Ireland, whereas now, like, there's hundreds and hundreds of people competing. So it's definitely a growing sport in Ireland. And Meg, just on that, I mean, there's an awful lot of preparation, there's an awful lot of media attention, there's an awful lot going on, but what are you most looking forward to heading over on the plane to Tokyo? It's quite a journey, but when you get there, obviously it'll be all business once you get going. But what's the thing you're looking forward to the most? I think, I suppose it's just like the experience of it. Like I don't really, you know, I've never been to an Olympic Games before, so um, I don't really have much, have much expectations or I don't know what to expect. So um, just to kind of have that experience of going... In Olympic Games and you know staying in the Olympic Village and you know it's not just gymnasts going it's, it's lots of other athletes from all different sports and then seeing obviously you know the likes of you know famous sports people like Simone Biles obviously for gymnastics and like, there's so many others then that you know I would have never come across before from different sports that um, would be going also so just kind of having that experience and obviously getting to compete and being a competitor in, in the Olympic Games is like a huge thing so um, I suppose, like I, you know, I'll be working to um, do the best routines I can do, and hopefully, you know, do clean routines. But um, just to kind of enjoy myself while I'm doing that as well, because it's it's kind of a once in a lifetime experience for a lot of people already. Oh my God, it absolutely is. And Meg, what has the reaction been like in Douglas? I mean, obviously the gymnastics club were absolutely delighted, but for for your family and your friends, it must be a lot of excitement, obviously, but a lot of well wishers too. Yeah, definitely. Everyone was really excited and everyone was really happy for me. Um, I think the day it was kind of officially announced, my phone was just like being flooded with messages <laughs> and congratulations and stuff. So I actually had to turn it off in the end. I yeah. had to kind of separate myself for, from my phone for a while. But everyone's been really supportive and really happy for me. And, you know, the gym has been great as well. They've, you know, given me a huge congratulations and, um, like, balloons and everything. So I think everyone's just happy and excited for me. Well, listen, just on behalf of all the Big Red Bench Corks Red FM listeners and the podcast listeners, we wish both you and Emma all the success and all. I hope everything goes well for you over there. It's a huge and a fantastic opportunity. We know you're going to do your country and Douglas Gymnastics Club, Gymnastics Club proud. So listen, all the best. And look, we hopefully will catch up with you when you get back. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Okay, some really positive news from earlier in the week when the Cork Minor Camogie team claimed the Munster Minor A Championship with a very impressive 219 to 7 points victory over Limerick. Um, a lot of hard work has gone in uh, to the squad this year to get them to this point. And I'm joined by the manager, Jerry Wallace, and it's 
pretty straightforward what I need to say to you first Jerry congratulations and how happy are you were you with that performance and the work put in by the girls to date uh, we're very, very happy, Ger. Uh We're very happy where we are at the moment. Uh, we played Waterford last week in the Munster semi-final. We had a very comprehensive and good, strong win there. And last evening in Castle Road, uh, we got to play Limerick in the Munster minor final for 2021. And delighted with the result, delighted with the application of the players. Um, because, you know, we've been coming out of the difficult COVID times. So I think it's been fantastic for them to get the opportunity to represent Cork and to win the Munster title against Park Cork at the minor grade for 2021. Indeed, and that squad that you've selected, that wasn't an easy choice to get it down to the final 30 or 30-odd players that you have. I mean, you, how impressed are you with the, te- the depth of talent and the strength of players coming through at this level? Um, there's a fantastic work being done in the clubs in Cork at Camogie level, at minor, at underage, and through the development at younger age, at, at in the county level. For for us, for my group personally, uh, we got say five weeks where we had I think it was 64 girls in looking for 30 places, so it was quite difficult. There was great competition. Some girls removed themselves during the process, other girls remained within, but it was part, important to try and get five weeks before we went into the Munster competition. I think it gave everyone a fair opportunity to show what they had, and we we did finally settle on the 30 players, and I think the 30 players are representative of 18 clubs here in Cork that are playing the Camogie, so we have a great representation. We have from Milford right down to Ahabolog and heading down even further south, down into Town, Tracton, Kilbury. Uh, does a great representation of, of clubs that are playing Camogie at uh, junior intermediate level, but also in the senior grades. And then, they're, then they're, they're cl- they're, those players are playing with the minor groups within their own clubs as well. So it was a very, very difficult process, here, but we're very, very happy with the 30 girls that we have. And unfortunately, there were girls' hearts broken this year that didn't make the panel. But look, they're going to be absorbed by their clubs and the clubs, and they'll come back into the scene again later. You know, if they're really, if they're really showing their their stuff, they'll they'll come back into Cork again at some stage. Um, Jerry, like COVID on top of everything else, can't have made life easy for you or your management team, but you've come through it. But what happens now to this group of minor players? What's on the horizon, the immediate horizon and the long-term future for them? Well, last night it was very important to celebrate the success for Cork, to celebrate the success of the minor Munster Minor Championship. And that's what the girls did afterwards. And we all went together, back together, and we had a great evening for about an hour. Um Going forward now, we'll park it on Sunday, after Sunday, and, and we have to prepare now for the group stages of the All-Ireland competition where we're drawn against Clare and Limerick in the All-Ireland competition at minor. So if we're successful in that, then you move forward to either a quarter-final or an All-Ireland semi-final. And uh, we just take it each game at a time now, but we'll prepare diligently now from next Sunday on again for the All-Ireland competition. And we're looking forward to it, Ger, because like 12 months ago, due to COVID, you know, we didn't get to play a competition for minor uh, in at National or at Munster, you know, and um, it's it's important now this year that we all embrace it and that we enjoy it. Your last evening below on Castle Road, there was a massive crowd there from both Limerick and from Cork. Mm. And it was unbelievable to see the crowd that was actually there to support the young people but I think people wanted something are looking for something to do and 
it was a fabulous um, fabulous exhibition from the Cork girls last night Limerick made it difficult but it was a fabulous exhibition from Cork last night in Camogie um, and can I just ask you as well Jerry? somebody that understands Camogie has watched it coached it and understands it over the last for, for I don't know how many years you want to tell me but how important is it that these this group of players have an All-Ireland Championship to look forward to now? Because not every grade, and same, in, unfortunately, in ladies' football and certain other grades, won't have that opportunity. But can you explain why it's important to have those potentially more than two, and let's say hopefully four, All-Ireland Championship games against quality opposition at this stage of their development? For a, for a player to aspire to the ultimate, which is to play senior intercounty for the their county or to play for the club, they must come through the different levels and the different grades in their in their process, in their in their in their life journey. Now, when 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 a competition is removed at an age group, it's like a school. If a school principal wakes up in the morning and decides for twenty twenty two we're not going to have third year in school. So there's going to be no third year. So you go into second year and then you take a year out and you come back in fourth year. You miss the development patterns within the education process. And it's exactly the same in Komogi. It's exactly the same in hurling. It's in exactly the same in all team sports. There's a process and it's up to the governing organisations never to give in to uh, letting anything in, interrupt in that process. They must at all times pro- try to provide the competition structure for youth because that's what young people love. They love to test themselves against other people. They love to find out, are they good enough? They want to develop as, you know, there are players there that want to be very, very serious Camogie players when they go into their later lives, into their mid-20s and 25. But if they miss out on a, on a stage in the development, uh, it does it does have a, an effect on them. I can only compliment all the girls that I've seen, the 64 girls that we've seen in the process, and now the 30 girls. We did absolutely no Zoom calls. We did absolutely no contacts whatsoever with them only maybe the odd WhatsApp during the COVID. We left it in their own hands to come back physically fit and to look after the skills of the game of Camogie. And I can compliment all 64 from all the clubs in Cork for what they have done in that period of time. It has been so difficult for our young people, Joe. But we hold our hats off to them. And we're there. I'm a facilitator. I'm there to facilitate all these people and to bring them together and make a team that's going to try and be successful for Cork. The Cork Under-16 Camogie squad will contest the 2021 All-Ireland A-Final against Kilkenny on Sunday. Last weekend, Cork had to overcome a hugely talented Galway team 3-15-0-10 to reach this year's decider. I caught up with Cork's Under-16 manager, Donny Daly, to look ahead to what should be a cracking encounter with old rivals Kilkenny. Right, it is a very, very big weekend for Cork Camogie, not alone in the senior team beginning their All-Ireland Championship, but the Cork Under-16s have reached an All-Ireland final where they will face Kilkenny uh, with a half-four throw-in at St. Brendan's Park in Offaly on Sunday afternoon. Manager Donny Daly joins us. Donny, congratulations, first of all, on reaching an All-Ireland final and there must be great excitement in the camp. Oh, hi, Joe. Yeah, listen, there is, um, because I was great to be in an All-Ireland final, it doesn't happen too often. Um, because it's like uh, Sunday, I used to actually uh, Sunday. Um, look, it, it's, it's a big team for the, these girls. Only during some of them are fifteen, some are sixteen. Um, great for their family. You know, you see it in, uh, in their faces um, at Sunday. The, the club members are all there. You know, and, and it's, 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 it's the only semi-final. But 
what it means to enter, enter a final. Uh, you, know, you don't want to lose in the semi-final stage, so nothing worse. But now they have a week to be able to they have the atmosphere of, of, of being in that final. And it's great, you know. It is great, as you said, for 16-year-olds, especially and even younger, it's a lovely thing. But that game with Galway that you just spoke about, that you won 3.15 to 10 points, didn't have it all your own way early on, but you, you pulled away and got some fine scores and a deserved victory in the end? We did, Ger- and, and I look, uh, I don't like to single uh, anybody else, but uh, I have to have to mention uh, Jill Connington, our goalkeeper. Um, it's not often uh, you win by, by 14 points and your goalkeeper man of the match. Our player of the match. She was absolutely outstanding. Uh, she pulled off three point blank saves. She saved the penalty. Um, I spoke to the Galway manager afterwards. He said, Where did you get that girl? <laughs> um, he said, You know, like he said, there was three times he said we were through, and I said, Yeah, we were going here. And she just pulled me out of the bag. And I, I spoke to her afterwards, and it's great. Uh, she, like Jill didn't start for the first game for us against Tipperary. And she won her place back, and and she's been been outstanding since. And look, it's great for her, it's great for her mother, it's great for her family, it's great for Middleton. Um, look, she, she was beaming, beaming after the game. And look, it's great. Uh, I hope, you know, I, I hope then that she'll have the same the same game next week. But she's outstanding. I have to have to mention her. And that's only fair. It sounds like she had a fantastic game. In fairness to her, um, you'll need you'll need your goalkeeper, but all outfield players plus a few subs I would imagine this will not be easy against Kilkenny No no and look uh, I suppose we was about three or four weeks since the kind of start of the, the campaign people were saying you know it's looking like a, a car Kilkenny uh, final you know if, if it had fallen that way and that's the way it had fallen uh, these teams kind of uh, miss under 14 I think they were the two main teams under 14 uh, two years ago um, I've been kind of following their progress They've been winning games um, steadily, not nothing spectacular, but you know you just need to do what what you need to do. Um, we probably have been winning a bit more comprehensively, um, but again, that's just it's just down to the the, the ruthlessness of, of of our girls. Um, they, they they're doing they're doing what they have to do. You know they're still they're still beating teams, they're beating Tipperary, Waterford, Dublin, and Galway. So like, there's no easy team there. You know there's four four very strong teams. Um, can you beat Wexford and Dublin and 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 Tate. So, look, um, we have to, we our, our fifteen starters and our probably eight subs will have to be on strong, uh, strong the first come out uh, on top. And look, I, I hope I hope we will. No doubt we will. Um, a lot of excitement, obviously, you now after that semi-final. What does the week before an All Ireland final involve from the management point of view? Obviously, some players you probably have to calm down, and others you're going to have to. Well, not that you need to g them up, but you might have to keep an eye on them. Just in terms of, it's a big thing for a 16-year-old, Donny, as you know well from your time with Cork Camogie. People tend to forget that they're young girls at the same time, but this is a lovely moment for them. But you want them to perform. So, what do you do the week leading into an All Ireland final like this? We mind them. And that, look, that's what we try to do. And look, we've since that been well. They were together nine nine weeks, and we've we've tried to mind them. We've, we've done our best to look after them. We stepped girls out. We have seven dual players. Um, they're going with us, you know, two three nights a week. They're going to football twice a week. They're getting no let up from the football either. Um, they need them as well. Um, actually, seven of them out in a doing a, a chance game tonight, uh, Monday night against the. Uh, uh, and, and Glenn Myron's team so 
look, those girls are wrecked and they will be wrecked. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll step them out now tomorrow night. We'll do nothing with them. We'll, we'll, we'll just give them a recovery session. And I expect no, no none of girls do anything, obviously, with their clubs or, or any other, other uh, teams for the rest of the week. And just make sure that they're in tip-top condition come Sunday. Because look, it's about, look, they have, they have the training going, it's in their legs. It's just a case now of, of looking after themselves. Basically, you know, hydrating, eating, sleeping, and basically, you know, poking up your balls against the wall as much as, as, as they need to be doing, obviously, now and so on. There's nothing, it, it's not rocket science, Jared, it's about, you know, um, minding the majority, to be honest. Well, Donny, on behalf of everybody, uh, not just at the Big Red Bench and the Women in Sport podcast, but everybody that listens to Cork's Red FM throughout the country, the very, very best of luck to you on Sunday, and hopefully next week when we catch up, we'll have an all earned final victory to talk about. I appreciate that, Jared, and thanks very much. The Cork senior footballers are preparing for their second All-Ireland LGFA outing of the season away to Tipperary in Thurles on Saturday. Evie Fitzgerald's side came through a tough test following a narrow and hard-fought 1-9-0-10 victory over Meath in Burr last weekend. I got reaction to that Meath victory and a preview of what's to come this weekend against Tipperary from Morn Abbey's Kiro O'Sullivan and Air Oaks' Emer Scally. But first, we'll hear from Cork captain Martino O'Brien from Clonakilty and Ahada's Hannah Looney. Um, a start with you, Martina, winning captain this afternoon. Obviously, you're expecting a test coming up to Burr today. You got that from me. But more importantly, you came through. Yeah, look, we were under no illusions that we were going to walk past Mead. Like we know, we, we've watched them. They've won the Division 2. They're up from Intermediate. They're always, Mead, like historically, are going to be tough, fast, strong, um, aggressive. And they were all that and more. Um, but look, I think it's like, I, I still think our performance is pretty good. Like, you know, we did what we were trying, setting out to do. They got, but like I'd say, they had about 15 behind the ball most times. So like trying to break that down is, is quite hard. So. I thought we did well we were patient at times look we made mistakes again like like in every match you're going to do but um, I thought like for us to hold out there in the end I'd say we held the ball for about three minutes um, so I've won a great free for us to go two up and then Katie Quirk wins a great ball um, for us to keep possession and, and the game is over so look that that's character for us I think and, and look we're looking forward now to the tip game um, and it was a good hard test today Hannah Looney from your point of view as tough a game as this was today it's going to stand to midweek now and again there's only a short turn run but when you go to play the likes of Tipperary these are the games that are Santi before you get out in the pitch there yeah exactly definitely I don't think I've ever played an easy game here in Perth it always seems to be that tactical um, defensive battle and you know I guess you probably would have said um, early on in the year having Mead and Tip in the group you would have been like oh jeez I would have liked uh, would have liked to go off one of the bigger teams maybe but Jesus Mead are going to be as good as it got there today yeah. and I think that will stand to us our ability to grind out the result look it was no it wasn't anything pretty no fancy scoring no fancy kicking but you know I think it did show great character to grind it out especially when a lot of things were going against us and um, you know I, we'd be we'd be happy enough with that but um, there's no point resting now in this it's, yeah. it wasn't that good either you know we need to drive on and just from your own point of view great to see you you were in a real intense midfield battle, but like between the Camogie and the football, you're, you're you're getting better and better with each game. No injury worries either, which is great to see. How tough a game are you expecting from Tipperary next weekend? Yeah, look, I think Tip it'll be another tough battle because they have nothing to lose. You know, they, they're under no illusions about their league campaign. It wasn't up to scratch, but I can imagine they're just going to throw everything at us again. And if we're any bit complacent, any bit off the ball, it's going to be a dogfight. And that's the thing: we can't get into a dogfight with Tip. Um, we have to hit the ground 
running and we just have to keep learning. Look, only a couple of weeks left and everyone just has to be on the same page at this stage um, or we're not going anywhere. Okay, Kira Sullivan and Emer Scally, um, as tough matches, as, as openers go on all Ireland Championship, that's about as tough as you could have asked for Kira. Me, you knew we're going to be good, but you know, that a, a three-point win in the end, you'll take it. But you, this game will surely bring you on huge. Yeah, um, it was exceptionally tough there. The heat, um, I suppose, playing against a, a defensive, um, probably 10 behind the ball at all times, you know, it's hard to break down. And I think we just had to be patient and to get out with a three-point win, we're delighted. And hopefully, as you said, that will stand to us massively going forward in the Championship. Yeah, this game is done and dusted. It took a lot out of you, but you've got to think ahead now and get ready for Tipperary. Does the fact that it's only a week away, is it a good thing in a way because you've, you've short time to get ready? I think it is a good thing. I think you've Tuesday and Thursday to work on the things, you know, that we weren't happy with there today. And there is a lot of them, but there's positives to take from it too. I think particularly the girls coming on, you know, we're always saying it's a panel game. We've people, Emma, Spillane, Duran still to come back, you know, so the, the subs that came on made a huge impact. And that means we're fighting all for places again Tuesday and Thursday night, which is great. Eamon Scully, great to see you back in a Cork jersey, great to see you back starting and making an impact at the end of that game. Yeah, I suppose um, I took a year off last year and you know, and I was happy to do it. And I suppose at the end of the day I was missing a lot of my best friends. So it was nice to come back into the fold there and just the last five weeks or so that I've been in, it's great and there's been great camaraderie there and it's good to be back in a team setting. Could I say to you that your experience was key when Orla Finn went off injured, you were in charge, you, you were taking the freeze and like pressure situation near the end of that game because Mead were still well in it. Yeah, Absolutely, but um, look, at the end of the day, Orla Finn can always go off. I know she's your free taker. There's always a day where she might go off injured. She might not be on for freeze. So look, myself, herself and Emma Cleary, in fairness, every every day we're out a quarter past six for training and a lot of girls are out there practicing for 20 minutes before training. You never know what's going to happen. So it's good to know that I feel confident enough to step up to the freeze after. Tough game, but you came through it. it gives yeah. you the confidence going into the next day. As Kira was saying, their training is going to be big now, obviously, during the week. But great to see you back and great to see that the team as you said making impacts off the bench is that that's what you're going to need yeah it was great to have the impacts there off the bench like Katie was brilliant when she came on Katie Quirk Shauna Kelly was immense there for she, geez, she won a great ball over there at the sideline or slowed it down but um, you needed a full panel there today because there was plenty of us on two ticks anyway you couldn't do much anyway with the referee today in fairness I've been fairly disappointed with the with the quality of refereeing in the game since I've come back and um, I think there needs to be something to be looked at there but it was great to know that if two girls were on two ticks that we could uh, bring someone on and just finally looking ahead to that temporary game team you know very very well this will stand to you I mean this 60 minutes today will really stand to you definitely um, I suppose look it wasn't probably a great game to watch from the sideline frustrating one but the character shown from everyone on the team was, was what was what stood to us at the end knowing that when they were coming back at us and in fairness she's Mead were brilliant like it's their first time I've seen her in a couple of years and their, their championship debut say in five or six years it was brilliant from them but the character there from the whole from the whole panel today was top notch and that would be great going forward to next week I got both Cork and Meath's managers reactions following last weekend's All-Ireland LGFA clash in Burr Evie Fitzgerald analysed his team's performance and gave an update on injuries to some of his key players but first let's hear from Meath Banish store Eamon Murray who was full of praise for his team's impressive display OK Eamon disappointment obviously with the defeat a really close game that was expected but this is a seriously good Meath team on the rise. I think is that, is that a fair assessment? Despite the defeat, that you're you're getting better with each game. Yeah, we're getting uh, we had a very poor first half, mm-hmm. disallowed goal and uh, another crack off the crossbar, missed a few frees, turnovers. We've not had to work on. Uh, we got here to win. Look how disappointed those guys are over there. Heartbroken over us. Look, people think we're up to be all. Oh, we're delighted. We're not delighted at all. We're up to win. So we need to know who we are. This is a big test for us today. And 
like, uh, we can't blame anybody here today. We showed them great respect and they showed us respect too. So a proud day. The last thing we played was 31 points. And so right. we turned that around the day. Big time. Yeah. Those scoring chances that you mentioned, the one that rattled off the crossbar, Cork went down and got a goal just yeah. before half time. Was that a killer? Because you were running me a point behind going I'm in. I was just talking to him, Shane, the sideline, and he said, I said, uh, we must get the goals before half time. Yeah. And he got in. That's what teams do to you. Yeah. Punish you. But overall, 110 against that team is very good for our young backs. And we are young and experienced still. We've won a few big games, but we've been off in Port Learn, and that's going to bring us on a lot. I was going to say, yeah, games like this against teams oh, that have been yeah. there, done that. All okay. oh, you're missing is a little bit of composure, but that'll come. No, that'll come, and it's funny, Paul was talking about Tuesday night, we need to do a lot more shooting, but at the end of the day, shooting has down the day, you know. Yeah. We, said we had two great chances of goals, and another team, or Dublin, when we got those uh, calls, we didn't get the calls today, so. We're not going to rear up about it, I'm not going to complain about it, but it's just a known fact that the smaller team won't get the calls. And the two blatant linesmen, two calls from me standing beside me, they don't go our way, so. Okay. So hot. What you're looking forward to, that's it. Oh, I'm looking, for, know, like I'm looking forward to Tuesday night, training. Very Far good. more important than, you know, we look after Tipperary and Gretchen, so. Um, Evie Fitzgerald, I mean, everyone knew Mead were a very good team, everybody. You'd, you'd studied them, you'd watched them, you got your tactics right today, and even at that, they put it up to you. They're, they're a team, and let's talk about them first, they're a team on the up. They are, they're a good side. They're very good at what they do. Um, you know, they're, they're getting 12 and 13 people behind the ball all the time. They're disciplined and they don't intend to move around. So it's difficult to, I suppose it's difficult to break them down. Um, probably we created a few goal chances. The last pass caught us a little bit, you know, that could have made the game more comfortable. And their goalkeeper made a very good save from Emer there um, with a few minutes to go. But that said, it's a very, very difficult um you know, a system to play against. So, from that point of view, I was, you know, I was thrilled with. The, obviously, we lost some players as well. We lost Mara very early on to a hamstring injury. We lost Orla Finn. Like the Coyleys are, well, Emer particularly is only just back from, from injury. Anya Terry's only back from injury. So, you know, we're, it's, it's a bit dicey in terms of, of trying to uh, bring him on. Yeah. A, yeah. So, uh, I did, I did, and they all gave every, they, they gave everything to be fair, but. Um, but I thought we defended very, very well. Even though he gave them, you know, he gave them some well, considerable very soft freeze in the second half there. They kept, they kept them yeah. taking over, yeah. and we missed quite a few scoring opportunities as well. So, um, but all in all, we have to be pleased with the results. You know, they're they're a very functional team. They'll trouble, they'll trouble lots of teams. And as I say, the system they have is difficult to break down. Uh, the one thing I was pleased about with their system is that for the last four minutes when we had the ball, they didn't, you know, they didn't come out till the last thirty seconds maybe as well. So, yeah. so the rigidity of it maybe at times um, um, probably cost them a bit but all in all good to have the you know first championship game there was nerves there and, and, and that and you know I thought the application of the girls was very very good and I can't be I can't be but pleased with that and going into that Tipperary game I mean all the things that the girls did right today and even the things that they didn't do right you've time, you've a short time frame to turn it around but that's exactly what you wanted a manager, as a manager and a management team yeah. heading into training and then heading into another tough match yeah it is and like we worked very hard during the week on and, you know trying to retain possession and be patient and I think they did that very well particularly in the second half um, we lost Hannah Looney as well now I don't know what that was I don't know what that yeah. was about um, but that 10 minutes again then gave them that little bit of, a, yeah. bit of impetus as well you know we had an awful lot of ticks in the first half I think there was four of our girls and two yeah. ticks um, so and three of them were forward so we had to be careful in terms of you know our tackling as well but but all in all um, I, 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 as I say this game was never going to be very pretty you know um, because 
you know, of the, the, the style of meat have, but the most pleasing aspect for me is that our girls never gave up. They kept plugging away, and even when things were going against them, you know, they kept the head down. And I thought Katie Crick won a very a vital ball there from a kick out um, with a couple of minutes to go um, and set us up. And you know, Emma Scally is another girl who got a lot of who got a game into our legs now tonight. You know, she hasn't played for a long good time. Good score, so. Sue was going off. Yeah, uh, good yeah. That's where the experience comes in. Only yeah, comport, yeah. Right? But again, she hasn't played a whole lot of, yeah. of, of football. You know, a few minutes against Dublin and and uh, so. So like we, this was for the, we have a lot of eagles. We have a lot of girls, yeah. you know, that are that are just kind of come back and we're trying to find fitness in a very short space of time, and that's not easy to do either, you know. So, um, but all in all, I think today will today will bring us on. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.